We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. I have the good fortune of hosting this audio journey. I do it with company. I bring company your way as well in the form of Dolomite Dave Martinez in the driver's seat. You today, my friend, you have all of the announcements to make. Before we get to some of that, how are you doing? This thing lives on. It is Labor Day as we release this episode, and nothing has seemingly changed since Memorial Day. How are you feeling? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I'm feeling better. I mean, as I've mentioned in the past, I, I got injured. I'm starting to run again, and, um, you know, it's kind of taking it slow. You know, I want to do more. Started out the first week, only ran, I think, uh, you know, like two and a half miles the first day, nice and easy, and I think like three and a half the second day, and that was it for that week. So that second week, I was like, okay, let me try a little bit more to, you know, uh, so now I'm up to about four and a half miles. So I'm I'm getting there. I still a little bit of discomfort, um, but I'm getting back into running, and, you know, I'm looking forward because we got some races that, you know, although not true in-person races, but we have some virtual type of racing and uh you know announcements that we'll be making and talking about that i'm really interested in participating so i think my timing is right i don't think i'm going to win anything based on my speed but right now it's all about participating and getting back out there well you've been practicing your quarantining to a greater degree than what you thought but let's let's dive right in first of all on this episode we have the grand fortune of introducing you to friends of ours friends of this community soon to be friends of yours Kate and Justin Arsenault from Runner Brand. For those of you who are already thinking, oh, Runner, do I know them? If you spelled it in your mind, R-N-N-R, you do indeed. For those of you who do not yet know them or their brand, you're really going to enjoy this. But before we dive into that conversation, D2, I said I was going to let you into the driver's seat this time. One thing that feels kind of normal, new Run ATL products, cool things, Big Peach Running Company, and obviously those items that make us feel like we're all part of one big community in the stores now. We've been waiting on this a long time. Well, yeah, and I and I, I mean, we'll cover a little bit of it because to a certain extent, because of, of you know COVID-19 and what has impacted, you know, Runner and some other brands as to what their plans were as far as, you know, their product line, we sort of kind of delayed ours because, you know, we were closed for, you know, back in March and, and April, um, for a bit and then we're trying to restart our businesses you know again in our store hours and so now we're fully back and operational so now we've kind of like okay well we know there's a demand for it and we've kind of put some things in the back burner now's a, a great time to kind of start re you know i would say reintroducing but at least re-releasing some some sure. stuff that we've had in the past that we haven't done you know for several months where typically at this point we would have had you know maybe i don't know 15 different new tees by by August and here we are Labor Day and we've really have not done much of anything except for at the very beginning of the year. To your point, the supply chain has been hugely disrupted. Thankfully, that is behind us, at least for now. Please do check out some of the new Run ATL gear in the stores. We also feel like we have a decent handle 
on those supply chain considerations for the rest of the year. So check back often. Obviously, we're gearing up for the holidays. It is going to be worth celebrating for sure. What is now part of the new normal, though, different events. We talked to Kate and Justin about one. We talked last week or last episode about one we're excited about, even though it's a substitute for Big Peach Sizzler. That's the Sizzlin' 65 Challenge alongside the Atlanta Grand Prix. Labor Day is kind of the kickoff for these things. Give us the outline. Right. So, yes, I mean, we're pre-taping this, you know, but, you know, this releases on Labor Day. So we are just that good. Our timing, <laughs> once again, impeccable. So, you know, the uh, Sizzling 65 Challenge starts today. So, you know, you can still register for that. Um, and it's completing 65 miles for this month. Uh, so from uh, September 7th through October 12th, I believe. And so you have that time to complete 65 miles. And then with the Atlanta Grand Prix, it starts, you know, today as well as when the, uh, you know, first course gets released and it's six mystery courses that will be revealed every two weeks. So this event goes from September 5th through November 30th when that last six, six course closes. But you have until September 15th to register because that's, I think that's what by the time you get a couple of days before that first course closes because once it closes you're done so you know you got to do all six to participate so that's kind of the cool thing that's going on right now that is i think a little bit different than your traditional uh virtual race where you actually have to kind of go out and just once it is a challenge and with atlanta grand prix it's actually running several different courses as part of a series but you're actually doing it um even though not in person as a mass start or the, a, a large group of people you are competing on the same course as as everyone else that has registered for that. So that's kind of cool. It's different. It's creative. And I know we're taping this kind of in advance, but you know, I couldn't help but look forward to see kind of what the weather would be like, you know, at this point. And of course, I'm gonna be wrong because I'm looking way into the future. And even I looked at it a couple of days ago and I'm like, what? 63 degrees in the mornings and, and mid you know, eighties? this is awesome. This is fall. And now I'm looking at it and it's like, okay, it's not quite that, but it is lows of kind of like, you know, 68, 69, which is pretty nice, but still the, the high is going to be like 84, 85 degrees. So we're starting to get that cooler feeling temperature, that hint of fall coming. We got a little bit of that last week as well. I uh, went out, for, I think on that first day I went out for a run and I was like, Ooh, I feel a little bit of fall. This feels a little cool. So we're, we're getting there. And I know there's many of us who are, look forward to those cooler temps. And then we'll be cursing when it's frigid temperatures. <laughs> That's exactly right. There is this sweet spot that is known as fall for sure. So this is a big day. Hopefully you are running. We want to provide you the best content while doing so, whether at a fast pace, walking or getting in your fitness routine. We're going to bring you an interview that we have left unedited with Justin and Kate it will come to you right after this brief message. Before we go to that, here is our congratulations to all of you who are running for being part of the Sizzlin' 65 Challenge, the Atlanta Grand Prix, or just a Labor Day tradition of your own. Run or walk on. We'll be right back after this brief message. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. 
Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process, including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. Here is just one question for everyone. If I were to read you this what brand might you think about? D2, this question for you as well, my friend. We are committed to keeping running fun and building our running community and culture. So obviously, having had a preview of what we're going to do with our friends, Kate and Justin might give that away, but I will also tell you as the founder of Big Peach Running Company, I would love for people to have said, I thought of Big Peach when they heard that because that says a lot and every word means something. And ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who do not know Kate and Justin Arsenault, it is our pleasure to bring them to you right now on the Run ATL podcast. How are you, my friends? We're good, thanks. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Well, like I said in that sentence, we are committed to keeping running fun and building our running community and culture. There is so much there, and obviously that is the foundation of the runner brand, the business that you guys are busy building, and the work that you do. Before we dive into some of what it is that you are currently doing, maybe give us a little bit of a backstory about Runner and how you got started and what the impetus was for you to take this on. Yeah, sure. Um, Well, Runner really started about two years ago as an idea when we were on a, um, a travel run trip. Uh, we went to Colorado and um, just outside Utah and Moab and ran a race called the Desert Rats. And we found ourselves FaceTiming our friends during an ultra to show them uh, where we were like, and how cool this was and how blown away we were by the scenery and the community, et cetera, while people were, you know, being real serious and passing, and us. <laughs> passing us and trying to PR and, um, you know, Kate and I just looked at it like, this is, this is what running is to us. This is so much fun. And, uh, we kind of came up with this or we didn't kind of, we did come up with this, the saying, and it was, we don't run for time. We run for a good time. And Kate looked at me and said, there's not really anyone that talks about that that much as far as like a company, a running company. And that's where we kind of started. Yeah, we felt like um, the running community can be kind of serious sometimes, um, but that doesn't fit all runners. And we find that most people run because it's fun and they enjoy it. And so we wanted to create um, a brand that celebrated that running was fun and the the culture and the community around. Yeah, because I, I think that people and some, some people might think of running as an ends to a means or a tour or whatever whatever it is and, and they're kind of neutral or maybe different perception than ours and um we want to be able to highlight and showcase the, the like the small fun bits about running that really make it a lifestyle um, and that's what we're 
That's awesome. And that aligns obviously with us and our belief. And at the same time, saying it is one thing, but then doing it and showing it off in a way that others come to believe that is true is another. And obviously, we all have seen those people who may be on Peachtree at four o'clock in the afternoon on a summer day, and they are not looking like someone who is enjoying their run. They're hunched over at the waist. They're taking in what used to be commuter smog and certainly lots of heat and humidity. They're going uphill and they're hardly selling that lifestyle that you just mentioned, Justin, but that's part of it. Knowing just a little bit about desert rats, that's no joke, right? That is something that there is some difficulty associated with it and the expression, it doesn't have to be fun to be fun, all of a sudden makes sense. Kate, you were in education before this, and obviously it's not like either of you were completely unemployable. This had to be a leap of faith to take on this journey with some kind of estimation that people would come to believe this could be fun and you could prove it to them. What was it like to finally come to the conclusion that if you didn't do this, nobody would, and now you had no other choice? Well, I think, you know, education was a huge passion of mine, and I absolutely love teaching. Um, but next to teaching, my, you know, it was like teaching and running are my two favorite things to do. And so to be able to continue to, like, pursue a career in something that I love and that just, like, running is something that is a part of my everyday. And, it's how we met. Yeah, it's how we met. It's, oh, wow. it's what we do. Um, so... To me, you know, it was it was a risk, but at the same time, I know that our our passion is there, and what we're working for is is worth it. So yeah, and and I, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but you know, some of the stuff that she did as a teacher is part of our mission. So um, it still reflects uh, the passion at school and the passion with kids, um, and you know, I think that's something that that drives us every day. Well, and I certainly want to touch on that. I mean, you have not just an approach, but you have evidence of how to best keep kids running. So I want to touch on that. Before we do, you know, one of the things that is really interesting to me right now is being part of that supply chain. And for those of you who may not have been familiar with the Runner brand beforehand, certainly we'll continue to encourage you to check it out in our stores or at runner.com. That's R-N-N-R.com. But at the same time, most, whether you're thinking about it in a sporting goods, respective, or some other way, know that the supply chain globally has been disrupted. We're seeing that in shipping times with footwear. We're seeing that with orders we would traditionally be getting in the summer that now are delayed not just a week or two, but literally a month or two. And I think there's a big mystery about what is coming down the pike in holiday season. And now we have a couple of people who are living this because you are on that side where you have to manage your supply, obviously turn that supply around, put it in to an end user's hands or perhaps on the shelves or hangers at a retailer. How has that been amidst this pandemic, as well as something that I'm sure in general is a terrific education for you? Is the supply chain broken? Is the supply chain something that we're going to see in reasonably good shape for the remainder of this year? Or is this what kind of keeps you up at night right now? Uh, I don't think it keeps us up at, at night right now because we've dealt with it for you know the last four or five months. 
Um, but it was something that's unprecedented for the supply chain to experience, especially on a global level. And uh, we did have a lot of things planned for this year, um, whether that be in person or um, events or product. And all of that shifted back to next year. Um, you know, we had um, a couple things that were being made in New York City. And when New York City was, was hit badly, um, probably the worst first, um, everyone just dropped their projects and went home. So we didn't see progress on some of the stuff that we were designing for three months, three and a half months. So we missed a whole season. Um, so that, you know, that, that hurts, right? But we learned valuable lessons within that. And um, also, you know, we're speaking to other companies that uh, are dealing with this, manufacturers that are dealing with this, and we're looking at new ways to work together and, and uh, making, making things work for us, hacking it together. And, um, and it's all about kind of really, for us, building a supply chain that's uh, variable so that we can turn on and turn off when needed. And it's just more work and it's, it's more things to do, but um, we're finding success in, in that approach. And we've we've built some new partners as well, um, and it's we've got it. You know, like Justin said, we had a few. We've had a few months. We've been dealing with this for a few months, so we've got everything kind of all the kinks worked out, and, and things are starting to flow a lot better. So you know, it was turbulent there for a while, but I think things are really evening out, and we're starting to see the engine get back in. Yeah, because and I I think from a supply chain perspective, what we noticed was obviously. In other countries, it was affecting them first, and then when it affected us, it it just kept, it just caused like a, a triple rippling effect, right? Where it just catastrophically changed timing on both sides, and then obviously with shipping, shipping has been uh, a nightmare even here with the United States Postal Service and et cetera, just because there's there's an overflow, there's an abundance of shipping now, and um, that has not been easy as well. You know, missing packages, things not delivered, et cetera. So. But we've been, we have a pretty good program to deal with that. So, well, let's talk about the future of that because will there be silver linings? Is a big question on every aspect of this, and including the supply chain. Obviously, you mentioned Justin the importance of seasonality in your business. I know we've worked on projects that have had to get iced altogether because the reality is, is being late on something like a singlet doesn't make sense in North America. If you were originally intending to launch it in May and they tell you it's going to be ready mid-October, early November, you might as well forget about it, push back both the possibilities as well as the expense until the following year, and that mm -hmm. volume is just gone, regardless of where you land on the supply chain. On the flip side, you do have some products, obviously big fan here personally, both D2 and I, of the hats that you guys have done, I believe, especially in a market like Atlanta, or perhaps in the Southeast, there is some play for that type of product all year long. How do you now balance that portfolio of products of what you can say is reliable, maybe reliable at any moment, to what is hugely questionable or perhaps even impossible at this point and having to be kicked into 2021? How do you just manage a portfolio of products like what you guys have? Well, it's it's been a fun learning event this year. <laughs> you are the optimist. Look at that. It's been fun. Yeah. That's the first choice of words she has because running is fun, and they are going to say even managing running merchandise is fun in this pandemic that we're in the midst. So, so I think what, there's two two answers to your question uh, for us at least. Um, more people are running now, 
mm-hmm. and because you know gyms are closed and other other resources are closed for them to get their workouts in. So so more people are moving towards running, which is awesome. Uh, so so not only do we have a slow supply chain, but we also have increased demand. Um, and right now we're dealing with um, increased online sales and increased in-store sales and um, trying to reach or trying to design enough product and um, have it made, shipped, et cetera, to meet that demand. That's been a, a challenge for us. Um, and then on the other side, I think that um, um, the portfolio expectation is is something that we're, we're looking to develop so that we have a cohesive brand offering. And um, that's been more of a challenge because obviously you have capital investment and we haven't taken investment from outside sources at all. We've been bootstrapping this um, from one hat to now what, almost 10 or 15 different SKUs, um, building B2B partnerships, et cetera. Um, we have a, a bunch of new products that are gonna come out very soon uh, that we're excited about, and we could talk about that a little bit. But um, for, for us, we're looking at portfolio growth in a way that makes sense, because we wanna own really fun design, or design. Uh, we wanna own really fun running accessories. And once we do that, then we'll start moving out. But as of right now, um, the portfolio growth is, is kind of our number one goal. And so for something, and then we'll leave this small business, because I could talk about this literally for hours. This just geeks me out in terms of how people manage their business, how they make the adjustments that are necessary, because we're always having something thrown at us. And that's the same for all of our listeners as well, whether in their professional or personal lives. But if you look at managing that portfolio growth and doing it sensibly and understanding that you're not going to take on huge outside investment, what do you see in 2021? You mentioned the possibility of some things that were on the books for this year now being into next. But if you were going to forecast, whether for your business, for this industry, or for all of those of us who love it, the person who just started running or walking during the pandemic, or someone who can't wait to get back to maybe even having races on site someplace to train for, what do you think 2021 holds for this sport of ours? I where, wish I knew. <laughs> where, I was going to say, where's your crystal ball? If you look at January yeah. or February or even post-holiday first quarter next year, are you feeling reasonably good that you'll have merchandise that's somewhat like what you would have had at the beginning of this year? Are you thinking that there will be increased demand, Justin? You mentioned wonderfully so because there are so many more people who are involved in this lifestyle. How are you doing your forecasts and, and what do you think will be arriving on the shelves of Big Peach Running Company by the time we turn the calendar page? Well, we have, um, we're, we're working on building out a bunch of new colors and what we currently have. Um, and we've also, like you said, we're, we're pushing some stuff to next year. So we do think that we're gonna have, we're gonna have a broader product yeah. line offering by next year. Yeah, well, I mean, with 2021, who knows what's gonna happen because of, of COVID, right? With races and with um, in-person experiences, which we do really well at. Um, it's, we don't, we don't know what that's gonna look like. We're guessing probably mid 2021, uh, Q2, Q3-ish, Q4 will probably, things get back to normal, we're hoping. Okay. Uh, normal-ish. Uh, but our portfolio was based on, for 2020, and then moving into 2021, based off of domino effect, right? So. We would move into spring, summer with a strong singlet. Uh, that would then uh, start affording and paving the way towards 
developing winter gear. Winter gear would then um, start funding uh, the, the, the spring summer um, for 2021 and et cetera. So that's just all pushed back a little bit. As far as our core, which is the hats right now, we are definitely doubling down on that as we've um, found uh, you know, amazing partnerships with uh, our different manufacturing vendors and we're getting to know them super, super well and really dialing in our product. Um, but, but really it's, it's every season builds our business, you know, 15 to 20% because it, it affords and enables all of that money to go back into the business to design and develop new product. And then one day we'll take a paycheck, hopefully. <laughs> well, it is true as we head into election season, small business is the backbone of this great country. Keep that in mind, the work that they are doing. Again, you can see all of those hats at rnr.com or at your favorite Big Peach Running Company location. One of the things that I won't ask you to look into the crystal ball and tell us all about, because I already believe you can see the future a little bit, and certainly you guys are the authority. That is the Atlanta Grand Prix. You mentioned, Justin, who knows what will be the case in the near future, or perhaps even next year with local events. But the Atlanta Grand Prix... That's happening. You've said so. Tell us all about it. What a cool concept. Thanks. Well, we um, we were running with, uh, um, Kyle, from with Kyle from Atlanta Snack Club, and we were trying to brainstorm ideas on how we could um, kind of keep the people's momentum going during this time when races are canceled and um, provide mm-hmm. something different than a traditional virtual race. So... Um, about mile six, we started getting real loopy and then this came up. Um, so yeah, Atlanta Grand Prix is exciting because it's going to introduce people to, uh, different neighborhoods, different routes, and just some different aspects of like what a normal race would look like. So, you know, think some stairs and cut throughs, cut throughs, a little single track in the city, you know, something a little different parks, but it's pretty cool because everyone will be competing on the same course, which is kind of makes it feel more like a, uh, an actual race versus a virtual one that you would run anywhere. And then also just to kind of, you know, go back to our brand promise, which is build that, uh, run, run community and and have a fun time with it. Um, they're non-traditional courses. So it's not like a, a standard race that we've all run, like a half marathon here in Atlanta or a marathon, which is, you know, run down a major road, turn, and kind of keep it fairly normal. A square, a loop. Yeah, a loop or, you know, something, if you looked at a, a map, it would be kind of generalized as a shape. Um, these are a little intense. These, um, you know, we're, we're looking at finding really, really cool points of interest within Atlanta. So you could be... Um, Heading down the street, taking rights, lefts, going up hills, down hills, um, stairs, like you said, um, cutting through different neighborhoods. And the courses that uh, Atlanta Snack Club has designed are phenomenal. Um, we've had multiple people come out and um, try running the races or running the courses just to see, if, um, you know, how they're running, how, how the GPS is working, because we have a, an app that goes along with it that gives you turn by turn directions. And then also with that, if you get really lost or, or you're worried about getting really lost, it has augmented reality. So you can turn on the camera function and see exactly where the path is. Um, so, that, so that works out for everybody. But 
the uh, the course itself or it was the heart of it, right? And you know, we kept hearing, gosh, I wake up and I run the same route or the, the same two routes. And it's like, okay, let's change this. You know, let's, let's, let's really make a difference. So that was the goal. Well, and you use the term urban scramble as one way to describe your race courses. I thought that was pretty cool. ASICs either used to or still has an expression that was part of their marketing language, run everywhere. And I couldn't help but think of that as I read the description for this. Certainly, we'll put a link in the show notes. You can go to the runner website that we've given you a couple of times already and click through to learn more. But Urban Scramble says it all. Justin, you gave me the impression, because this was a question of mine, the courses have already been designed. And although there are probably only very, very, very few people who know what they are, these mystery race courses at this point are loaded and ready to go. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. Yep. That's awesome. So normally the Run ATL podcast likes to be the first place people divulge very secretive, highly classified information. My <laughs> guess is we're not going to be able to shake that out of you two right now. Not nope. this time. No. <laughs> oh, man, that's too bad. We came up short, D2. Well, here's what everybody does indeed need to know. This is something that will be, uh, be getting started September the 7th is the first race course, I believe, being unveiled. And at that point, you'll have a two-week period to run that mystery race course as many times as you would like with another mystery race course being unveiled two weeks later. And it will be a rinse, run, repeat for six courses. You guys have gone to great lengths to make sure there's some serious bounty for both, both those who are pretty quick at this type of activity, as well as those who are just willing to be part of the fun. What are some of the things that you guys are doing to make sure this is also fun, whether it's the bounty or anything else? If we just say fun and Atlanta Grand Prix, why is it that those two should be paired? Um, you know, there's, we got a lot of surprises that are coming up, uh, so I don't want to give those away, but uh, we've been working with some really amazing sponsors and, uh, I mean, obviously, you're one of our sponsors as well, and um, the sponsorships are going to are going to lend to prizes of each race that aren't necessarily built on speed. Um, and we're not going to tell people what they are now because we we have a um, a list per course of what they're going to be. But we have um, you know our friends over at Hoka who are are a huge sponsor as well. They're going to be giving away um, shoes every race to a um, uh, a theme. Of, of the course based on the, the course type. And um, we're going to, we have uh, Big Peach Running Co. Of course is going to sponsor us and, and uh, we'll be having giveaways and gift cards with, uh, with you guys. Um, AirPT, um, Firelight Coffee. Yep. And then um, Tinkertown Pies. Tinkertown Pies, which are the best, incredibly delicious vegan pie you can ever put in your mouth. It's, Whatever the whatever it is to, to win on that theme course, I, I would try to win that win prize. <laughs> well, we will have to make sure that link gets included in the show notes. That's something I had not heard of. Great way to shout that out, even if you wouldn't divulge company secrets at Runner or on these mystery courses. You did a great job of plugging Tinkertown Pies. We'll do the same. Let me ask you this. When you think about this type of event, I have to admit, when I read this, and the creativity, whether it's the technology that you're using, 
the non-traditional approach you've injected as part of course design, or just even here, even though I joke and perhaps cajole a little bit for information we wouldn't otherwise get if we didn't have you on this, I love the fact that there's a lot of mystery that shrouds the way this is going to be unveiled over the next 12 weeks. And yet at the same time, when I read it, I thought this has application even when we're not in the midst of a pandemic, when there is no coronavirus. Do you think this is something that has legs even next year if we're back to normal or whatever normal looks like or five years from now? Is this something you're building for today and the future? Or is it perhaps more sensible for this to be a stopgap and something that becomes a silver lining for this season, but not necessarily something we would repeat every year? Well, so like we mentioned, um, a big part of Runner is building that running community and getting people out there and running and showing that it's it's fun. Um, so we're looking at doing at least one event every year in order to help, you know, keep that going and build on that. So yeah, one non-traditional event. Um, if I mean, if do we do AGP again? Um, it depends if people like it. We'll let you know in 12 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> if, if people are like really, really like it, then yeah, like that's, that's the community. That's the community feeling that we want to build. Um, if, if there, if there's more reception for more untraditional or non-traditional uh, running events, then yeah, let's, let's give it a try. Let's, uh, let's do it. But, um, but yeah, but we'll see, we'll, you know, it all comes down to how people like it. We can't get them to commit quite yet, but I will tell you, We've broken the rule multiple times of not indicating when we do our taping. This is the same week that the Atlanta Track Club announced that the Peachtree Road Race will be virtual this year in 2020. So there gives you a bit of a time stamp of when we are taping. And I can promise you, even with not having spoken to Rich in the last couple of days, they are very much planning on it being like it has always been by 2021. I think that D2 is probably the case for a majority of the races that we're working right now that are virtual. This could be different. I'm going to ask you, do you think virtual has a role in the future? And if so, what might that role look like given how many races right now, that's their only option, but it's not like the option goes away down the road. Well, I mean, we had virtual before, you know, the pandemic. And, you know, I think for many of us that run traditional races, we just didn't get the appeal of it. We didn't understand, well, why would you run a, a virtual course when you're running it by yourself and not in a group? So I think that we'll still have people like that that may be interested. I think we'll see probably there, there's right now, I think, an increase in virtual because there's no in-person races and it's a way of maybe staying motivated. But I, I think that once things kind of return, I think that may drop again. Mm-hmm. But I think it's for those that are going to be, you know, that like this, that are maybe creative, you know, that change things up. That's not really a true virtual uh, race. Maybe it's one of those kind of in-person, you know, virtual course where you still run it um, and compete in it. Uh, you know, kind of like what runners doing that might have something, you know, that that continues because it's, you know, there's it depends on how it's structured. If there's prizes, if there's things to kind of keep people engaged and coming back, then yes. I love the term you use creative. I really think, and that's what this is. This is hugely creative. Yeah. And I think the possibility exists that creativity is not going to go out of style, even if virtual on a course 
or at a time that other races were happening, but now they can't. Everybody will look forward to get back in person. I really like the chances of this being something we see for years to come. So there you go, guys. You've already heard my take. My hope is that this is something that people are all jacked up about. For all of you who are listening, do yourselves a favor. Do us a favor to keep this on the calendar for years to come. Check it out. It is new. It is the Atlanta Grand Prix. Six new mystery race courses in Atlanta every two weeks starting September 7th. So time is short. Do not delay. Get on it now. One of the things I want to talk to you guys about also, and you mentioned it again, Justin, and that has to do with doing things that ultimately allow you to do good for others. And if we hearken back to your background, Kate, you have this understanding of how to keep kids moving. And that's not necessarily easy, whether as parents or just community influences, we want to see more kids as active as possible. And part of the income to runner, some of the proceeds for Atlanta Grand Prix and other things you do, they go right back into the community to keep kids moving. I'm assuming that that is a personal passion for the two of you. And what I'd really love to know more about is how can we all join in that work or be more successful at keeping the generation behind us moving and getting kids running and doing other active activities so that they love this lifestyle as much as we do by the time they're our age. So when I was um, teaching, I also coached track and cross country. Um, and I found that students didn't even know that running programs existed. They didn't know that track or cross country was an option. Um, and so they just heard me talking about running at any opportunity I got and, and got interested and started asking questions. Um, yeah, I would, I would bring, you know, race medals and talk to them, um, about the different races and they'd ask me how far I was running and the kids would get to wear my race medals if they got A's on their test or whatever. So it was a way to just kind of, you know, excite them and expose them to, to running, um, and how much of a part, how big of a part of my life it is. Um, so I recruited kids for track and cross country and started the program, um, started them in the program. But what I realized is that the kids were running in Converse, they were running in cargo shorts or their school uniforms. Um, and they didn't know how they didn't know about running gear or how to pace, you know, they sprint straight out the door and then they're exhausted by like a quarter mile, (laughs) you know? So it was teaching them what running gear is and, and how to run, you know, and not give it everything you have the whole time. Um, and so, I purchased out of pocket, um, met with Big Peach and helped outfit the kids um, in shoes and and clothes to get ready for their their meets. And so when I started Runner, I wanted to help more than just, you know, the small amount of kids in, in the classes I was teaching. So we're looking at this as how can we help this as like a national issue. Um, so what we're currently have been doing is meeting with schools and coaches, parents, and just trying to find the barriers that are keeping kids from participating in these programs, learning about them and enjoying them. And then we are working with individual schools to um, kind of meet their their school's needs. So we had a running 
yeah. specifically to Atlanta. We had a running camp planned for this summer, um, but obviously 2020, it got canceled. Yeah. So we're looking at pushing that to 2021 and beyond. Yeah. Um, so it, it'll be have scholarship programs for kids to be um, come to the running camp, uh, as well as other opportunities for, for families. And then we're trying to get creative in times of COVID and how we can still get kids into running. So we're looking at partnering with some other um, companies to provide resources for families and kids um, that we'll offer through our website for free um, to help get kids introduced into the sport. Yeah, and and a, and a lot of what we're doing too is we're trying to we're trying to figure out and build different whatever they might be, I guess we'll just call them things for now, but, um, or models so that other people can adapt them and use them uh, no matter where they might be. Um, and, and that's, that to us, I think is, is a huge way to impact um, people who might be learning how to, to, to build a running program in a, in, in an area where they don't have a, a full running coach or someone who went to school and, and ran, you know, um, Cross country in high or in college or et cetera, or is a kind professional of like a, coach. A start from scratch, build your own yeah. running club. And and everything we're doing and learning uh, about, you know, we we want to be able to give that away, so that anyone can use the resource. And and we're building something that's hopefully going to impact. Well, and one of the things that we know is we have a real need to remove any barriers for those who would otherwise want to or ultimately come to find enjoyment in this sport. And it seems like you guys recognize that and are busy removing those barriers. Yeah, we're trying. I mean, as, as a small company, you know, we're, we're obviously trying to do as much as we can for the youth running community, but also try to grow the portfolio. So that's a balance. Um, ultimately, I think our goal is to be able to just start providing these type of things that we can provide for for the youth, uh, the running community. And, you know, we started off with this goal of like, you know, could we make a $25 running shoe a long time ago? I don't know if we can, you know, but it's like this big, uh, hairy, audacious goal. And, and you know, any kid can afford a $25 running shoe. Um, I mean, we, it's going to take us a while to get to that type of level of, of, of product, but um, it's interesting, right? Like we can, like, any family can afford that for their kid um, if that's what they're into. Or um, we could definitely at that level start providing those towards schools. Um, I think there's a lot we can do. It's just the more we grow, the more we do at the, at the end of the day. Well, and we love that. We hear about organizations. And again, I could take this back to the small business or the local business bent. I won't because that's my own personal indulgence. But still, that's what's so cool to have people like you, not just on a broadcast like this, but quite frankly, in a community like ours, who recognize it's beyond just the product, it's even beyond us or the lifestyle, that there is a legacy to be had, there is a difference to make, and it can be done, but you have to start somewhere, and you're doing just that. I know there are other plans that are not yet fleshed out enough to disclose or perhaps discuss at any great length, but one of our commitments will certainly be to inform those who know Big Peach Running Company about ways they can get involved in the good work that you're doing, whether it has to do with donations down the road, whether it has to do with product ideas or instruction that could be shared to take some of the burden off of the two of you or some of your own personal resources. 
And just know that we are inspired by the work that you guys are doing in this arena. We believe in not just what you're doing, but in all of those who will come behind you to support this effort and can't thank you enough for the fact that you have taken on the hard work already. Now, I'm not going to let you all go without a couple of questions that allow all of our listeners to kind of put themselves in your shoes. In full transparency, we taped an episode earlier this year that we had another proprietorship that was a husband and wife working together. We had a great conversation about an event called Seven Trails Fest that was going to happen in LJ, Georgia. Our big peach on wheels was going to have the good fortune of spending the weekend up there and you can kind of get a sense whether the location the name or big peach on wheels being involved what the event was all about and it was a husband and wife who had spent the time putting this together and of course the pandemic put the total ice on it and it is not happening we elected to shelve that episode we'll probably have to retape it if the event is alive and well in 2021 but it had so much fun talking to robert and carlene ferguson about what it's like to work together with the same person you're also doing life with that you're parenting that you're perhaps having your meals at the dinner table with and trying to be either really specific about talking about work or doing everything you can not to so if you'll allow us, I'd love to go there. What's it like working together? How do you balance the somewhat new responsibilities of parenting, your own training, and everything else that goes into a successful relationship, as well as getting a new brand and a fun business off the ground? Well, um. <laughs> careful what you say. This will be taped and will be available to listen to even by you in the future. Oh, great. This will be a good one. Uh, yes, in our little time box of 2020. <laughs> um, yes. So along with the you know two of us working together at home since um, November, um, we've also introduced a uh, baby girl. So we have a nine-month-old and a wild and crazy three-and-a-half-year-old So um, who are, have also been at home with us during this quarantine time, too. So... Um, it's definitely been hectic. The walls tend to come in sometimes, and um, but we've we've had a lot of fun through it too. So. Well, I mean, to be honest, I mean, like we're 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 building a business that's starting to grow, and with that comes learning, right? Uh, we're learning how to grow a running business. We're learning how to grow an apparel business. Um, so we're doing real things, and we're real people as well. And we definitely deal with some real situations. We're also very Where, competitive people. That's yeah. That, so. Even so, with each other? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, someone's got to be right. And, you know, we'll see who gets there. Uh, but uh, there are definitely ups and downs. And um, working, living, breathing, and not being able to get away has its strains. And it's it, it makes things tough sometimes. Um I'm, I, I get very focused on um, this and I, you know, almost, I wouldn't say obsessive, but, uh, you know, I work really late at night and I have a lot of questions at 1130 about what we're doing with different manufacturers and et cetera. And, and also, of course, dealing with some manufacturers who are overseas and their timelines are you know, flipped. So sometimes work doesn't stop and it can be an 18 hour day. And, um, we're, we're really, really trying to work on building a balance between family time and work time and not letting that bleed over. But as things grow and 
responsibility becomes larger, activities become more, it's really difficult. Yeah, and Mike, as you know, like starting any small business, it's not just a nine to five job, it's well, well beyond that. Um, and you know, like Justin mentioned, working in all different time zones yep. across the states and across countries um, kind of makes it like work never turns off. So a lot of times it's good morning, here's your coffee, here's an update of the email list. So yeah, um, but we do things, you know, we try to get away um, or go visit with, with my parents in California um, just to like change things up, just change scenery is a, a huge help, mm-hmm. especially with COVID where kids aren't in school. So you're holding a baby while the baby is clicking on your keyboard and you're just like, please stop. I was working, I was working today with the baby laying on my chest and <laughs> typing up documents while Justin was on a phone call and our son was watching TV, you know, so it's, it's a juggle. It's a balance. But I think at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's fun. It's who I chose to do life with. And we have tough points, but at the same time, we have yeah. fun. And to, to your point, like the whole juggling metaphor, I feel like it's like when that juggler you see at a circus and someone just keeps throwing another ball at him. <laughs> it's like, all right, when's he when's going to fall? Fire. Yeah. And then the chains. So that, that yeah, it's, it's been real. <laughs> Well, and I'm sure there are plenty of stories already and there will be many more to come. I'm going to give you a a few brief seconds to think about this because I think this, even though never intended to be the relationship hour with Big Peach Running Company, certainly any aspect of your life where we might be able to provide a little bit of value, we want to do so. So here's the question that's coming your way. I'm going to give you a few seconds. Then I'm going to share something and get your perspective knowing that you're in the midst of doing emails with your relative newborn on your chest that you are entertaining your young son while also concentrating on a phone call that is cool i know there are plenty of people who are in quarantine right now going man i could take that class from them and probably be better for it right away the question i'm going to ask you all is thinking about the other person what is their greatest strength because i think we can all learn when we think about that with whom we work with what their greatest strength is, be even more ever mindful of that so that we appreciate them for that on a regular basis and just be so thankful for the privilege it is to work with them and feel about them the way we do when they're also in relationship in ways that most coworkers are not. The thing that I'll say while I give each of you a couple of seconds to think about that so you don't feel like, wow, this is where I am really going to be unlikely. I'm going to be unlikely to be at home at the dinner table tonight, that gives you a chance to to think about it. But Justin, one thing that you said and that you guys can comment on as you make your answers is work-life balance, in my estimation, is a bit of a unicorn in trying to find it or perhaps even pursue it. And there is an author by the name of Jordan Rayner who has taught on the concept of instead of work-life balance, whole life excellence, where there just is this acknowledgement that life is all intermingled. Doesn't mean you need to be talking about work at the dinner table every evening, but to not share your work with your kids or not allow your kids to now, as it is perhaps more deeply than ever with quarantine, really get an understanding of what it is that you do or being less mindful of how you behave with your young son than how you would be hyper mindful of how you behave on a call with a client. 
would be unfair. We just need that reminder from time to time. So what I'm going to ask each of you, and then if you would say, nope, I believe completely differently, my philosophy is, then share that with us. But in the spirit of whole life excellence and improving relationships, Justin, in most instances, ladies first, I'm not going to do that to Kate. I'm going to you first, my friend. What is I've, Kate's I've greatest my, strength? I've got mine. Well, I want to. I want to just want to comment really quick on what you said about the whole life excellence, and just recently, and this goes back to I think Kate's strength, and and that, that is recently, kids pick up on what you say, right? And our three year old has uh, picks up his his fake phone and goes, "Oh, I gotta go to work. I'm gonna go to work," and he makes comments about working. And, and, and that's what he sees. Well, because he's home a lot as well, well too. Well, yeah, and what he told me the other day was, Mom, I'm on a call. Go to the back room and play. Yeah. You know, you know it's hard to hear that. It, well, it's, you start noticing that that's all your kid sees of you. And um, my father was an entrepreneur. Uh, he has a, a construction company. And I didn't see a lot of my dad growing up. And that's one thing because he was just trying to grow his company and, and unfortunately he was, he was on job sites for months and months and months. And that's something I said I, never, I would never do. So that as a whole life excellence plug has been something where recently I've stepped back and I'm like, wow, that's, that's not working. That's, that's not what I want my, my, uh, so Kate's, uh, superpower or her thing that she does best, immediately came to mind and that is respecting the the family time and and respecting um uh, that that division because i have a hard time separating that because i love to work i don't know what it is i don't know why but i could work a, a 16 hour day for about six months and be okay with it um after that i start breaking but um 16 to 18 hour days uh so she has been the steward for the family, and um, without that, I think we would have a, a kind of a different story or a different family life that I wouldn't want. So, wow, that is awesome! I love the fact that you termed it superpower. That is is really cool, and and I join you in that. Perhaps being a risk and and loving to work. So good on you, Kate. Now let's see if you can hold up your end of the bargain. Is there a superpower of Justin's that you can publicly comment on? <laughs> That's funny because it actually like plays off of the same, you know, it's, it's his dedication to work and that he like above everything else, make sure that our, our family is taking, taking care of and that, that the work he puts out is the absolute best that he can do. And so he will, will settle for nothing less than the absolute best. And so because of that, it's, um, it makes us all work hard and it also makes sure that what we're doing for runner is the best that we can absolutely do. So I very much appreciate it. Um, cause I am a task oriented person and I want to get stuff done and I'm efficiency and, and he's the, let's make sure it is perfect and absolutely the best. And he will work endlessly to make sure that happens. So that's his story. Wow. That wow. is awesome. You guys are, are terrific. I will tell you, you are a gift genuinely to this industry, certainly a gift to this community and just having the good fortune of knowing you guys personally, knowing a little bit about your story, you're a gift to me inspirationally. So thank you for everything that you guys are doing. This is Justin and Kate from Runner. Again, check them out, rnr.com. Certainly want to see or 
be seen in some of their merchandise. Stop by your favorite Big Peach Running Company location. In the meantime, y'all, I just want to let you know, regardless of what comes next year, I know it is going to be a great year for Runner because of everything that you've done recently and everything that you're doing right now. So congratulations to both of you on what you've done and what you have coming your way. Uh, well, thanks. Well, thank and you. Thanks, thanks for letting us take take up some of your time and being so supportive of Runner. We can't thank you guys enough. Yeah. You've done wonders for us. Let's get a run in soon. Oh my gosh, I look forward to that. I, uh, I'll put the mask on or I'll stay six feet away. Or I'll, I'll be in your uh, your draft, in your, uh, I guess it needs to be about nine feet, given your pace. I'll be nine feet behind you. That way uh, I am uh, following side side. proper distancing guidelines for runners. Yep. Oh, that's what it's, yeah, we side-by-side running uh, six feet apart. Yep. Sidewalk and road. <laughs> that's awesome as they are. And of course, right after this very brief message, we will be right back. Shopping for a runner can be difficult, but Big Peach gift cards make it a whole lot easier. They're perfect for birthdays, holidays, or any occasion to show you support a healthy and active lifestyle. Gift cards are also perfect for the workplace as an incentive, reward, or thank you for a job well done. Big Peach Running Company gift cards are available at all seven locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast, D2 Super cool. Big fans of Kate and Justin. Yeah, I mean, you know, a company that, you know, individuals are starting a company right now, and this is their second year during a pandemic. It's one of those things like, man, how do they do it? You know, and, you know, one of the things that they said uh, as far as being a business owner, being on kind of 24-7, you know, you've said it. I've, you know, I admire those that can do it because I'm like, I, you know, as much as I love hearing and reading about, uh, you know, entrepreneurship and, and businesses. I don't know that I can do it. I love being around it and near it. And it reminded me of something I saw, uh, a video I saw recently with Mark Cuban. And it also reminds me a little bit of Simon Sinek's book, The Infinite Game. Mark Cuban had, uh, was being interviewed and he talked about um, talking to athletes like Michael Jordan and, and, and you know, Kobe Bryant and, and, and saying, oh, well, you guys think you're competitive. Like you don't know what comp- being competitive is because when the buzzer and, you know goes off and the game's over, you're done. You go home. Business owners, they're the most competitive because the clock never stops. It's twenty four seven. There is no finish line. There is no end of game clock. It continues, you know. And that's something Simon Sinek says in his book sure. Infinite Game. It's like yep. it's constant, and it's you gotta you gotta love it. You gotta be passionate about it. It's gotta you you, you gotta be driven by it, and you gotta drive it. So you know that's something that they have, and and you know it's just one of the things that just reminded me of that. And I just love being around people like that because it it kind of it motivates me. Not that I like I said. I don't know that I can be a business owner, but I like being around it and being motivated by it. Well, that word competitive is one that Justin used in that conversation. So that's a nice pairing with apparently what Mark Cuban said in that interview. One of the other things that now we can touch on at the front of that conversation, we talked a little bit about some of the very cool virtual opportunities. Of course, we talked to Justin and Kate about Atlanta Grand Prix as a board member for Miles Persistic fibrosis. I will tell you that if you were wondering, man, is this challenge for me, whether it is, can I do the 65 miles that are required or am I going to enjoy myself enough to make it worthwhile? Let me remind you of something else. And that is your registrations matter. 
whether it is the program that will receive some of the proceeds from the Atlanta Grand Prix to keep kids moving, or the work that Miles for Cystic Fibrosis does every single day. It has been a huge challenge for some of these organizations that a big part or the entirety of their funding came from events like this. So if you have any hesitation as to whether it matters if you register, please let me remove that and go get it done. We cannot encourage you enough. It matters, not just the miles you're doing, but the contributions you're making along those lines, D2. A couple of big races here in the state of Georgia. They've elected to change their plans. Most notably, this is the week, while we're taping anyway, that the Atlanta Track Club announced that the AJC Peachtree Road Race going virtual. And then one more in that rock and roll series, usually a capstone for the year, certainly a home state event for us down in Savannah, that now is postponed as well. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's disappointing. And I know that, especially uh, in, in March and April when races were being canceled, and you know they were trying to adapt and go virtual um you know i understand people's frustration and you know wanting a refund and you know to a certain extent you can't provide a refund because they've already put money into permits into the the t-shirts and, and they've already spent that money based on your registration it's that's why they put a limit on you know in a, in a timeline when you can cut off registration and to a certain extent, they're kind of investing and hoping that they get enough registrations to cover their initial costs, whether it's paying for police, where it's, you know, uh, the, the um, printing of the shirts and the bibs and, you know, the, the, the permits. Those all cost money when they have to go down the city and, and fill out those permits. So that's not money they're getting back. So, you know, please understand that they're not out trying to rip you off. I'm sure there might be the occasional, you know, you know, person that's trying to profit off of, you know, the misfortune of COVID-19. But those race organizers that have been part of our community are doing their best to do right by the community. And if they could give your money back, they would. Chances are they can't. And, you know, at the same time, they have employees and people that they need to pay as well. So, you know, the best thing we can do is you know, is just try to support them, try to be understanding. No one is, is in, at least those that are part of this running community are trying to rip anyone off. So true. And it works both ways. And I've been so encouraged. In fact, it's been heartwarming to hear how the running and walking community has responded in the face of these postponements, these cancellations, or these transitions to virtual events. By and large, it has been huge as it relates to humanity in general. And maybe there are exceptions out there, but on behalf of Big Peach Running Company, a huge thank you to all of you who have made the decision to donate or to register for a virtual event because you know it goes well beyond the race day experience in terms of the work that a nonprofit might be doing. And for those of you, whether you understand what D2 mentions long before he spelled it out, there are spent costs, there are considerations that require that many times they hang, hang on to 100% of that registration income, that they're not able to defer, that they're not able to issue refunds. 
hugely cool how our community has responded. So much empathy, so much humanity, and just another reason T2 why I love why we do what we do and who we get to hang around with. Yeah, and I know that, you know, you know, especially those that are really into sports and watching sports, especially if you follow, you know, track and field and, and just the major marathons and wanting to see competition, I know they're disappointed as well. There is a little bit of glimmer if, you know, if you follow through social media accounts that there are some of those events happening in a very controlled, you know, environment, very safe, where some of these athletes are competing even against themselves. So I know Nike has done something of that where they've run just, you know, the Bowerman you know, uh, track club has, has competed against themselves as a way of motivating and continue training. Um Recently, Sarah Hall kind of, you know, did a virtual, you know, marathon and, you know, set a PR for herself. Half marathon. I Half think. marathon. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, so there's things that are going, you know, Hoka's got their team, they're doing something. Recently, I saw that, you know, the Virgin London Marathon is going to actually host the actual marathon for elites only, and it's by invitation only. So we're going to see some big names compete, including, you know, uh, you know Sarah Hall, uh, Molly Seidel, Jared Ward is one of those that, that's going to be there as well. So we're starting to see that. It will be televised. I'm, I'm, I don't know if it'll be televised, televised, but you'll be able to maybe stream it. Mm -hmm. So for those that are really looking for, I need to see the competition. I need to see that. That's coming. And, and there's ways to kind of kind of see it and get your, your racing fix if you're really wanting to follow those elite athletes. Um, because it's tough for them because, you know, their whole life is built for those especially competing for the Olympics is built on four year cycles. And this would have been their four, you know, that fourth year. And for some, that means from what I've read is that, you know, it means either, okay, I actually have another extra year to train and, and be stronger. And for others they are like, well, this is going to be my last year. I was going to retire after this year. Now I have to, ex you know, extend it, you know, and that can mean depending on their age or depending, you know, the possibility of injury, and others are like, oh, well, maybe this is the year I retire and maybe I don't get to compete in the Olympics. So it's affecting everyone, even elite athletes, very differently. And I think when you psychologically spend four years preparing to compete in the Olympics or at least competing to be a part of that team and to participate in the trials – for that also not to happen is, you know, I think psychologically, it's a big letdown. And I think they're going through through things as well because this is their career. And many of those athletes, you know, their sponsorships are based on performance. And some of them right now aren't performing because there's nothing to perform to. So they're stressed out by those kind of issues as well as to like, well, what's my contract going to look like next year? Is my sponsor going to kind of going to drop me? You know, and if, if they've got great sponsors and they've got great relationship, they may not have to worry about that. But I do think those that are up and coming that maybe don't have a proven track record, they may be kind of a little bit stressed out right now by not being able to perform and secure a contract next year. For those of you who do miss that part of the sport, D2 mentioned Sarah Hall a couple of times. We'll leave you with this, a chance to win a $25 Big Peach Running Company gift card. If you are the first one to send us an answer to podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com, one of the pacers for Sarah in that very fleet-footed attempt and ultimate achievement at the half marathon was a former guest on the beep on the run atl podcast i was going to say on the bprc d2 on the run atl podcast if you can figure out who one of her pacers were who was also one of our former featured conversations send us the answer 
we'll send you $25 in BPRC cash. That's where I got BPRC. And now it is time for us to sign off, but just for two weeks. If you're listening to us on Labor Day, make the most of it. If you're listening to us after Labor Day, thanks for being part of this lifestyle as we head into those fall temperatures that D2 mentioned. We obviously say this all the time. We mean it so much. May your best miles be those covered on foot. So long, everybody.